The producers of this podcast would like to remind you that we're providing general financial advice only. If you're looking for personal financial advice or before you make any investment decisions, please consult a professional financial advisor. Welcome to the free version of QAV episode 436. This week on the show, Tony reports on his recent analysis on companies that go from a negative cash flow to a positive cash flow and how that affects their QAV score over time and their performance. Tony's been trying to find a place where a qualified audit is recorded that makes it easier to find than having to scroll through the annual report. He talks about that. We look at GLE's results, which are out and their shares are up. Speaking of scorecards, we're publishing our first official scorecard since getting our AFSL this week, and we talk about that. Our portfolio just passed its two-year anniversary and is looking pretty good. Tony's pulled pork this week is Clearview Wealth CVW. If you're new to QAV, um, I'll just explain a little bit about what you're getting yourself into here. If you've listened before, skip ahead for a minute. Uh, So for new listeners, this is a show where I, Cameron Riley, interview my mate Tony Kynaston, who's a very successful investor. He's been a professional investor for 30 years, uh, has very good returns, and he's developed a system, a methodology for investing that he calls QAV, quality at value, and that's what he teaches us on this podcast. And we've got a free version and a premium version of the podcast. We have something called QAV Club where uh, we we get serious about investing. We sort of teach people the nitty-gritty about how Tony invests. If you want to check that out at some stage, you can go to our website, sign up for a free two-week trial, qavpodcast.com.au. But in the meantime, don't worry about that. Just listen to the free episodes. Now, you might find that there's a lot of... I don't know, assumption of a priori knowledge in here where we're talking a bit of jargon and lingo and assume that you understand what the checklist is and the Bible is and all that kind of stuff. That's because we've been doing this for a few years and, uh, you know, our long-term listeners know what we're talking about. It might be a little bit confusing, but uh, hang in there, you'll get it. So without any further ado, let's jump into this week's episode. Countdown! (laughs) Batteries to power. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to QAV Seafood. How are you today? <laughs> good, good. You know I don't like seafood, don't you? Uh, really? The name or we, the, the no, cuisine? No, I don't care. Don't care about the name. I'm not a big seafood eater. Well, you, um, well, good thing you're not on the Mediterranean diet like I am, mate, because it's mostly seafood. <laughs> is it? <laughs> yeah, I kind of am, but I, I do have red meat instead of seafood. Lots of veggies and lots of fruit. <laughs> I'm on the Mediterranean diet, but I just replaced mm. all the fruit and vegetables with candy and all of the uh, seafood <laughs> with red meat. But apart from that... <laughs> you can eat red meat on the Mediterranean diet and I have lots of fruit and veg. A very little red meat you're supposed to eat. Like It's supposed oh, okay. to be a treat, like maybe once a week, once a fortnight, something like that is my understanding of it. Okay. Well, I'm on the modified Mediterranean diet. <laughs> <laughs> COG, Tony, is it is it Cog State or is it something else? <laughs> no, it's Cog Financial. So someone pointed out when we when I spoke about it last week, I used both companies interchangeably, and that was a mistake. It's COG Cog Financial. There is another one called Cog State, which I wasn't talking about. <laughs> Even though you kept saying Cog State, yeah. And I yeah, didn't sorry. know that there was two companies. I just thought it was all the same thing, so I let it yeah, go. Yeah, sorry about two. that. Um, and just a clarific- further clarification on that too, The uh, I spoke last week about some of the issues with the write-down 
there was a write-down issue and there was something else from memory, which may lead to a qualified order, but the audit's now out and it's unqualified. So the auditors are happy with the write-downs and with the other issue, which from memory was a valuation issue, I think. No, sorry, it was a question mark over going concern because the part of COG, not COG State, COG, financial, that lends money to um, businesses has lots of short-term liabilities, but they're matched against long-term assets. And so strictly speaking, there was a question about whether COG Financial could pay its bills this year and keep going as a going concern. But the auditors haven't raised any emphasis of matter on that. They have put both things into the key audit matters, but uh, it's not a qualified audit. Right. Okay. Good to go. Mm. How they how are they doing, Cog? Are they uh, having a good run? Yeah, Since we I think spoke so. about them. You didn't put the kibosh on them. <laughs> Let me have a look. <laughs> well, I don't think I did a pull apart on Cog. What did I? I think you did. That's that's what this was all about, wasn't it? Uh, someone asked a question about the impairments. No, it's doing, they're doing well. Oh, I can't good. recall whether it was a pull apart or not, but um, they're was. doing well. It was. It was. Oh, your it was. Pork. You're right. Sorry. Yes. It was your pull yeah. pork last week. Yeah. It was. You're right. Sorry. <laughs> so did you buy them? I already own them, which is why I oh, didn't good. want you to talk wow. about them. <laughs> Our curses are lifted. Our curses are lifted. <laughs> well, it went from a dollar fifty-one down to a dollar forty-four, but it's back up to a dollar forty-eight. So our yeah, curse is half lifted. Let's say that it's a half a half a curse. <laughs> half a curse is better than a full curse. <laughs> so uh, you got some results of a new trial on positive operating cash flow? Yeah. So it uh, must have been around this time last year. I, I had a musing about whether if a company went from a negative operating cash flow to a positive operating cash flow, whether that was a, a good sign that the company would, the share price would outperform that, um, following that. And I did some analysis and, and used the uh, – QAV stocks from August last year and then again from February, so the half-year reports in February, and the results are mixed. So uh, just to summarise them, there were great results from August last year that the stocks were up 109% that went from negative to positive operating cash flow. But from February, the six-month figures were only up 3% for those stocks that went from negative to positive. So my guess is that, uh, you know, this is maybe something coming out of the COVID cough that we saw a lot of stocks maybe go from negative to positive cash flow or or, or as part of the recovery in stocks generally that the ASX had as well, um, the index yeah. had as well hmm. uh, from last year to this year. So uh, I'm not convinced it's, it's statistically valid to progress any further. Right. I know it's only a, like a sample of two halves, but um, yeah, if it was clear cut, I'd keep going, but I'm not. Right. Okay. Tell me about Appendix 4E, Tony. Yeah. So I've been trying to find a place where a qualified order is recorded and it doesn't, it doesn't always happen, but in Appendix 4E, there is a section. So Appendix 4E is a return that comes out with the annual numbers with the annual figures to the ASX and it gives a quick summary of it like a one page give me a one page summary of it and it gives the like like a snapshot of key information so it gives the dividends the net tangible assets uh, probably gives the earnings per share or you know about 12 different things in a summary form 
And uh, one of the, the, the last thing it, it asked for is uh, it has a question that the ASX wants to know about is the other company figures audited and was there any qualification to it? So it's, it's, um, it's there. However, I, and that's where I go to first now if I want to try and see if it's a qualified audit. Um, however, some companies just blandly say something like the financials have been audited and they don't go on to say what the status of the audit is. Better companies will say the, the, the company's uh, figures have now been audited and uh, the audit has no qualifications. And is this something that's published separately to the annual report? So if you look in the list of documents that they've published in Stock Doctor, this will be broken out? Yes, you'll see. It, it, sometimes it's with the financials, but it'll say like annual financials and Appendix 4E, or sometimes it might just say Appendix 4E. Sometimes okay. it says Appendix 4E and preliminary financials, um, preliminary being unaudited. So you'll see that as part of 4E, it'll say the numbers are still being audited. And that's another issue that, that's um, cropped up just in the last couple of weeks with downloads I've been doing is that uh, apparently the ASX has uh, – given a waiver for the requirement to have their annual numbers audited by the end of August. Uh, and I think that was something that was loosened during COVID because uh, it was difficult getting auditors to out to companies and things like that. So I had to do visits and check things. Um, and that's still in force. So there's been a couple of companies that I've checked recently that uh, don't yet have audited figures. Right. Yeah, so I, when I've been filling out the manually entered data sheet, I've been saying if, if they were audited last half and it was clean, I've still said qualified audit no rather than leaving it blank because that would take it off the buy list straight away. Yeah. Um, but there may be some cases we should uh, go back and check before we buy or sell stocks. Right. Moving right along, GLE's results are out. Yes. <laughs> Good old uh-huh. GLE. I, I just raise it because it hasn't uh, come through on my download because the ADT, the average daily transactions, is zero. Yeah. Even though the price has risen since the results came out. Right. But it's still 32 cents, which I think was below its high point, which was um, about 37 Below what I sold it for too, which was thirty three cents. Oh. I think. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I got out just in time before it collapsed yeah. another ten or fifteen percent. Then it came back up. Right. Which is okay. I did get an alert from um, Hot Copper, I think, the other day, saying that they had uh, uh, one of the directors. I think had sold a bunch of stock, fifty five million shares or something. Okay. Some major shareholder movements there, and I thought, oh no, don't tell me the share price has bumped up, and I should have held on to it. But uh, <laughs> so far, it's all good. Yeah, I just raised it in case people wonder why it was on the buy list anymore. But that was the reason. Yeah. Speaking of the buy list, mm-hmm. by the time people hear this, we will have put one out. Our yes. first official scorecard. Yes. Um, looking forward to that again. Yeah, so uh, we're going to put it out. Um, just uh, it'll go out with an email, I think, in the email to people with the recording, won't it? That's the plan. Uh, in an email in with your the recording, email, is that right? Sorry. Yeah, so it'll go out every Monday in the weekly email. The podcast this week's doesn't normally come out till Tuesday, so they'll get the email with the with the previous week's podcast. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, for the people who miss it, they'll get the email saying, hey, this was last week's podcast and all the stuff we talked about. And then um, uh, the, this week's episode comes out the following day usually. Okay. And the, the email that goes out will have the buy list in it though, right? Yes. For our goes subscribers, out on, yes. It'll go out on a Monday, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bad lunchtime. Yeah, good. Good, yeah. So buy list is ready to go. Yeah. Now, um, the one that we're putting out this week, we filtered out stocks with zero ADT mm-hmm. and uh, stocks that are tied to an underlying commodity that's price is in decline. So our iron ore stocks and I think our copper stocks, we just took yeah, them out. both below their sell lines. Yep. Yeah. But everything else is in there. So it's a big list. Um, and one of the things that we want to make sure that people realize uh, is that the scores and the rankings that these stocks get is based on the date of the download, which mm-hmm. is usually going to be sort of the day that it comes out or the day before it comes out. You, I think you did a download on Sunday this week and yeah. you put it out on the Monday. So before anyone makes any investment decisions based on that list, they should at least check the share price. I mean, we would recommend do all your own research and get mm. your own scores, but if you're not going to do that, at least check that the share price yeah. hasn't gone up uh, dramatically before you buy it. Well, if it goes down, it makes it a, probably a better score, doesn't it? Unless it's gone well, down too it much. Below its, if it drops below its sell line, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not a buy. Unless it's crashed uh, since you get it. So, you know, do some basic checks, obviously, before you make any investing decisions. Yeah, and also, too, uh, we've left in stocks, uh, regardless of whether they have fresh numbers or we're still waiting for some numbers to come through. So mm. be aware of that. And I think the last thing is that uh, it's always a choppy time to buy stocks as they go ex-dividend this um, in the around this time. So probably about a, I've started going ex-dividend in the last week or so, and I'll keep doing it for another couple of weeks. So just be careful of that because that can mm. uh, throw your timing out, and uh-huh. uh, you may you, know, you may need dividends or you may not want them. So just be aware of that, and also too of. A lot of stocks or some stocks are sailing close to their sell lines. If they drop down, add the dividend back uh, to that um, at least until the dividend's paid mm-hmm. so you can um, make a better decision. And I'm usually pretty pretty forgiving of a stock that falls just below its um, sell line at this stage of proceedings because uh, in some cases not only are they going ex-dividend and dropping by that amount, but you've, there are plenty of funds out there who just dividend harvest and and, you know, we'll move on to the next dividend-paying stock and I'll be selling the stock as well. So there is some extra downward pressure, which doesn't last very long usually. Right. And the stocks will bounce back. Uh, just want to point out for people listening to the free episodes, in the newsletter that we sent out to the free listeners, I think you'll, you'll get two stocks out of that list. We'll probably put out a small cap stock, the top small mm-hmm. cap stock and the top large cap stock, depending yeah. on where your level of investing is in your portfolio. But um, for the club members, you're going to get the full list, which I think today was like 90 stocks in that list. Yeah. It's a big yeah. list. Yeah. It is, yeah. Very much so. Interestingly enough, I went through it on the weekend too, and, and um, if you do filter out – companies that haven't given us their June half numbers and you filter out the iron ore companies and copper companies and you filter out those which 
So far this month have trended down, which I tend to do as well. The list gets much shorter. Yeah. Yeah. But as I say, I think the downward pressure this month is probably going because of stocks going ex-dividend and it'll turn around. Right. So you left the Josephines in the list? What's the Josephine again? Where they've trended down. They're above their byline, yes. but they're trending down. Yes, I've left it in. Correct. So, well, okay. Well, that's that's controversial. Well, that's what I said. I, 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 we can put out a very short buy list, but then if something goes from trending down to trending up next week, the buy list is out of date or it could change quite dramatically quickly. So That's why we put out a new one every week, mate. We can do that or we can just let people check it themselves before they decide to buy and then they'll have well, a day-by-day <coughs> check on it. Yeah, but the so the one of the points of the buy list, I think, is, you know, over the last couple of years we've been doing this, we get um, constantly get feedback from people who, you know, play around with QAV for a bit. They do the two-week free trial. They subscribe for a little while. And they'll say, oh, listen, uh, love it. They appreciate everything you and Tony are doing, but just do- I just don't have time to mm. learn it and, and, and my Excel skills aren't good enough and I can't afford a stock doctor subscription and, and, and this and that and the other, and I can't afford to do it. So, you know, one of the ideas of putting out this list is it's for people who don't want to do all the work themselves. It gives them a list of suggested stocks that we think are a good buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think we should do all the work for them here as much as we can so they don't have to then go and check too many things anyway. Um, you know, I normally fail them on sentiment if they're a Josephine um, based yes, on our okay. previous discussions. But yeah, if you okay. think there's good reason not to do it because of the whole ex-dividend issue this week, then that's different. No, I mean, I think the whole thing, I think that still applies. I just wanted people to make their own decision and to check the stock at the time that they were going to buy it because, it, like, if they were to this on Friday yeah. and checking our buy list then, things may have changed in the next four days. Sure. Yeah. But, but I, can, I can take it out. I, I think I should take out the iron ore stocks and copper stocks anyway. I'll, I'll start doing that from now on. Yeah. It'll mean another column in the master spreadsheet, but I'll send a, a new one, a fresh one through to you with that in it. It'll need, I'll have to add a manually enter data column to say what's the underlying commodity and oh, is that commodity yeah. in positive sentiment or not. Yeah, right. Hmm. Hmm. But that's okay. I can do that. And I can also add another column to say is it uh, trending down this month. Well, should we be introducing the commodity column as standard practice? Now, yes, seeing as I that's what we're should. doing, yeah, yeah, okay. So we need an updated version of the master checklist and the AF checklist that uh, checks that. We need to put it in the Bible as well. Correct. Yeah. Okay. And then the question is, should we do that for Josephine's as well? Well, Josephine's, I th- I did do that for my own checklist a few weeks ago, but then I realised, well, it's just sentiment checks anyway. I mean, I'm every time I run a checklist, I check the sentiment. So anyway, so if it goes from being okay. a Josephine one week and then it spikes back up the next week, then, you know, it's uh, sentiment goes from negative to positive. Okay. So do you want to just use the sentiment score for Josephine's as well? 
yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I do. Because that's yeah, okay. what it is, really, right? That it's just picking up its sentiment. It's just we've added um, a new uh, element to sentiment. Mm-hmm. It used to just be, is it above the byline? But since then, we've said, but if it's above the byline, but it's been declining recently, then you know, no, mm-hmm. it fails. So. Mm-hmm. Sentiment part B of sentiment. Yeah, well, it, yeah, I guess it does fail, but it's it's in my mind it's been more of a hold. Let's just keep checking it until it turns up again. But uh, and I think maybe we should call it out separately, just so we don't get lots of questions around. Hang on, this is how I draw the byline. Why is the sentiment? It's above the byline. You know, why is the sentiment negative? I'll because put it's column. a Josephine. I put the- <laughs> I put I put a Josephine column into the manually entered data so we can <laughs> clarify it. Okay, you can do yeah. that. I mean, yeah, look, and but the problem with, um, like, the free listeners, I mean, quite frankly, if you listen to this for two weeks and you're not fully subscribed, I don't know what your problem is. Like, are you going, <laughs> oh, I'm not sure this Kynaston guy knows what he's talking about. Really? How long is that going to take you to work out? Um, but that, uh, you know, my point was going to be that uh, they probably don't understand the system well enough to know to even check for a Josephine. So to expect no. them to do that is probably okay. um, expecting a bit much. Okay. Then again, that's their fault, right? They should. <laughs> it's on them if they don't know because they haven't uh, got serious about it yet. I don't know. Yeah. I'm in two minds. I was too. That's why I didn't make the change mm. before I sent through the buy list. So, but that's okay. I can Good do point. it. Good point. Yeah. I don't know. Tell us what you think, listeners yeah, out there. Let's get some feedback from people too, yeah. Mm. Um, Navexa, I wanted to point mm-hmm. out, um, we've just eclipsed the two-year anniversary of the portfolio, oh. Tony. Wow. How mm-hmm. have we gone? Oh, not too bad. Um, uh, I think since – so we, we we have the official start date of our dummy portfolio is the 2nd of November uh, – September 2019 uh, because that's when we invested all of our fake startup right. capital that we started with. Yep. Yep. Uh, since then, in that two-year period, uh, the ASX 200 is up roughly 10%. Uh, and we're up roughly 37%. That's 10% per annum and 37% per annum. That's our compound growth, yeah? We're up more than 37%. We're up 50% because we're, we were started at 20000 and now we're at $30,000. Is it so, yeah, really? Maybe, yeah. Oh, so yeah. it's thirty percent compound growth and versus ten percent for the ASX. See, that's why you get paid the big bucks, Tony. Is you uh... <laughs> just for paying attention? <laughs> well, <laughs> you just don't look at a graph and go, "Okay, I guess that's what it is." Oh, yeah, of course. Well, that makes a lot more sense. Hmm. Wow! So thirty-seven hmm. percent per annum. Hmm. Holy shit! That's impressive. Hmm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> wow! That's why, that's why our subscribers have been posting those big numbers <laughs> in the in the leaderboard. I was happy with the fact that we're up thirty seven percent over two years, but we're up thirty seven percent a year over two years. So we started with twenty odd thousand dollars, and then we, what's the portfolio value now? Thirty something. Yeah, thirty. Around 30. 31, 32. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's up 50% in the last two years, which is 30% compound growth. 37? Yeah, really? That sounds high, actually. No, that's not right. We get to, I get to 37,000, so there's something wrong there. Hey, folks, Cameron in the editing room. Uh, to cut a long story short, Tony and I couldn't work it out, and I emailed the guys at Nevexa, and Navar Trusolo, the CEO of Nevexa, sent me an email saying, Hi, Cameron. Uh, hi, <laughs> let me start that again. Hey, Cameron, I'll explain. The calculation doesn't just take the starting value and the ending value of the portfolio and determine the performance. It individually calculates the performance on every stock in the portfolio, including the time that each stock and each position within the stock was invested in order to calculate the overall return. The annualization is also not as simple as counting the days between the 1st of September 2019 and the 7th of September 2021. The annualization calculates the number of days each stock position was open for in the portfolio and sums them together to get the average years invested or AYI. It is the AYI that is then used to annualize the return. This gets even more complex if you have stocks with multiple open and closed positions, but all of that is handled. So the 36.53% is made up of all of the above. If you wanted to calculate it by hand, you'd need to calculate the performance of each individual stock and also calculate the AYI for each individual stock and then combine them. This calculation is essentially a big reason Nevexa exists in that it brings a professional-level calculation methodology to the everyday investor. And then he says they have a page on their website that explains how it all works if you want more details. Now, uh, of course, uh, I can't make any sense of that. It just melted my brain. Uh, but I've asked Tony to maybe explain it in English for us on the show next week. Hope that helps. Well, either way, it looks like our portfolio is doing well. It exactly is, yeah. how well compared to the All Lords, we don't know, but eh, good. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> it's three times, four times, somewhere in that vicinity maybe. Yeah, saying three times at the moment, right. depending on what they're measuring there. Yeah. Um, okay, your pulled pork this week, Tony. What is it? Yeah, pulled pork this week is Clearview Wealth. Oh, no. Do I own them? Should I, sell, should I sell now before we do this? I hope you do, I know, because they're doing well. I don't. No. I think I did at one point. Really? Mm. I'm glad you sold them. That's why they're doing well, probably. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, and, you, and they're up 8% today, which is Monday the 6th of September. Right. In fact, they're climbing very quickly. Oh, uh, right. And uh, so what's happened? So Clearview Wealth is a is a company that it's a financial services company, mm-hmm. basically a life insurance provider or seller a seller of life insurance. Mm. Uh, and uh, but it also has two other arms to it. Uh, its businesses, it has a wealth management business and a financial advice business. And I think the reason why the share price is taking off is because they've just announced they're going to sell the the financial advice part of their business. Ah, uh, right. they're, they're still retaining a stake in uh, the company that's buying it. Yeah. And uh, the merge, it's also a financial advice business and then it's being merged together with them. Uh, but I think 
you know, people are happy that the company is basically a life insurance business and the other financial advice wasn't adding a whole heap to uh, the, the company's um, profits. Right. So that's why it's been um, – that's why the share price has taken off since that announcement, which came out with the annual results. Uh, and just a bit of background on that, It uh, even though the directors uh, only look like they hold about 4% of the capital for the company – there is a, a large shareholder on the register called Crescent Capital who own 54%. So Crescent Capital are a, a, an investment company and they are conducting a strategic review with the board on what this company looks like going forward. And this is the sort of first outcome from that review, which is to get rid of the financial advice business and to concentrate on the other two, particularly life insurance. Uh, so, so that's um, what's happening with the company, but it scores really well. Uh, the QAV of 0.4, and uh, this is uh, based on a 61 cent share price, which it was this morning. It's now up to about. Uh, it's up to more than that. It's up to 66. 66. Yep. I sold so, it for 50. Well done. Back in <laughs> June. It's 21st of June. Bought them at 50. Low. So bought them at 50. <laughs> sold them at 50. I think it was a uh, rule one thing. They went up, they went back down, and I sold oh, them. Okay. And then they yeah. went up. God damn it. Bugger. Bastards. Yeah, so the QAV score is good, 0.4. Average daily trade's pretty small, 27,000, and that's largely because of that large shareholder on the yeah. book, so there's not much free float. Uh, quality score's a little bit low, 56%, but then if you take into account that Okay, it's not a founder owner that has a large shareholding, but there is a, a vested interest there with a large shareholding, which I've never taken into account before, but it seems to be having a positive impact. So maybe the quality score is a little bit understated there. But anyway, uh, price to operating cash flow are very low, 1.4 times, P of three, uh, net tangible assets of 70 cents per share, or we, we use NEPS, which is 73 cents per share. So it's it's trading less than its net tangible asset value, which is another great thing mm. to to uh, to be aware of in terms of valuation. Consensus valuation, I think there's only one stockbroker covering it, but they've got 96 cents as the price. Yeah. Uh, the growth forecast is down, so um, that may have been depressing the share price, and that may change after this uh, sale of the financial advice part goes through. Uh, what else can I say? Uh it's not a star stock, but it does have strong financial health from Stock Doctor. Uh, it's not the highest or lowest of the last six PEs. It's in the middle. And uh, I've got it down as a new three-point upturn. Uh, it's been trading in and out for a while now, but uh, it was a sell recently and we came back into being a buy since the since the latest uptick in the share price. Uh, zero uh, equities hasn't been consistently increasing, so it gets a zero for that. So that's the pulled pork. Uh, general advice only, as we have to say after our um, AFS license came through. For every stock, <laughs> we have to say that oh, every time. I think we're supposed to say it as often as possible. But anyway, right. General advice only. Do your own research. Uh, yeah, but uh, scores well, and the share price is taking off. So have a look. Mm, very good. <sighs> Well, that's the end of the uh, teaser episode for this week. Um, on the full episode, the QAV Club episode, 
Uh, we also talk about ASG, MXI, VRS, uh, commodity stocks, VUK, HUM, CKF and CK, uh, CAR, CKF and CAR, lots of other stuff. And it goes for about another hour, I think, the club episode this week. But uh, when you're ready, you can check out the QAV Club episodes, as I said earlier, qavpodcast.com.au. Meanwhile, if you're brand new, I check out. I recommend you go check out episodes 301, 303, and 305, because that's where we sort of introduce Tony's system and his methodology and Tony and his background, and that'll put a lot more context around it. And you can listen to the free episodes for as long as you like. There's no limit on that. And if you're ready to uh, delve in with both feet, uh, that's when you might want to take out the free two-week trial and and check out the rest of the goodies that we have. Uh, Anyway, outside of that, have a great week and uh, stay safe. The producers of this podcast would like to remind you that we're providing general financial advice only. If you're looking for personal financial advice or before you make any investment decisions, please consult a professional financial advisor.